Episode 312, that's three, it's one, it's two, it's the ENS Wolves Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah, delighted to be joined by Mr. Liam Keane. You will have noticed that uh, introduction music, that's because um, I shall be jetting off to Las Vegas on Wednesday. I cannot wait. And thankfully, a bit of an update because a lot of people have been asking, a lot of people have been asking from the fans in tweets. Uh, emailing me, there's been people, the club staff who have been asking, saying, Kino lad, you've got to come. You're just offering your, your hotel, couple of meals, just get yourself there. You've seen a win now, you've seen a draw, points are on the board, it's international break, you're still living with your sister, your house isn't going through, you've got nothing stopping you. For the last time, Mr Liam Keane, will you join me at Heathrow? Terminal 5, on Wednesday, at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, to go to Las Vegas. Liam Keane. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't, know how, I don't know how I can sell it more to you and for it to be the perfect time in your, not just the season, but in your, in your general life and, and where you're going with, you know, the next 10 to 15 to 20 years. This is, a, this is an opportune time that you will you will regret for the rest of your life. Please come with me. Nothing's stopping you. Nothing. So, we all know my my original excuse, which was of course the house concerns. The house. Yes. Well, I mean, you could go through any. I mean, you could go through tomorrow. Mm. It could go through at any point. Um, it I could do. Want, same, I, mean, I mean, it could have gone through six months ago or eight months ago as well. But carry I on. would I would love to uh, sit here and name um, my conveyancer and the conveyancing company. In fact, mm. it might get to the point where I do do that. Oh, um, mate, you've got to call them out. Absolutely, call them out because they are absolutely woeful, um, <laughs> <laughs> useless. Um, I'll narrow it down for you. They're in mm. Leicester, so. Okay. <laughs> If anyone wants to go search for them, um, yeah, please don't. Please don't. I, I didn't send you there. Um, so that's that's my initial problem. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple of the problems that have arisen since then. Okay. Um, two problems in the same category that I have um, I have booked and am in the process of booking two rather expensive holidays. Okay. So you've you turned down a, a fully, pretty much expensive paid holiday from me. To Las Vegas to where? Where's, where's your holiday going? Give me, give me the first place you're going to because I mean Las Vegas. I know this is pretty close to your heart and somewhere that I think a lot of people want to visit. So where are you going first? In February, um, I will be missing <laughs> two games. Oh, wow. Two, two. So again, so you're missing mid-season. You're not, you're not, you're not yeah. taking international break off. So that's one. Carry on. Yeah, well, I think you can join me in uh, on, when it comes to to February in, in that same regard. So I don't think okay. you, know, you can get off, get off your high horse, young man. Well, I think, I think you'll find that someone's going Saturday to Saturday, missing two weekends, no no names mentioned, <coughs> Liam Keane, and someone's going Monday to Friday, so they only miss one game um, rather than three. Yeah, I also didn't have a choice. But anyway, moving on. Go on. Um, I'm going skiing. Oh, baby. So I've never been before, but I've got a group of mates and partners who are all... Joined together as one big mm. happy family to go skiing. So um, 
expensive we, scheme, mate. You must have had some decent rate wages in your in your little yeah. page packet. Well, oh, I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm not. So I've got that coming up. And then in April, I'm going to shoot another game. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. it's, it's only the one. It's only the one okay. this time. Um, oh, great. It's only Luton at home. You know, no, not uh, guaranteed. Um, <laughs> to go to a rather strange uh, destination. Vegas? No, Barbados? No, destination. no Spain? Because... Marbella? Those first two are where you're going. Um, yeah. uh, I am going to Doha in Qatar. Eh? I know. It's a little bit left field. I know we just had the World Cup there and everything, but it's a little bit left field. Um, a good excuse in that my... So you're missing Las Vegas, all expenses paid, but you're going to Qatar. Yes. I mean, that sums up Liam Keane in a nutshell. But in my, in my defence, um, yeah. both of these were organised before the, the, uh, the Vegas offer. Mm. Um, but I've only just paid for the flights to to Qatar, and um, the only reason I'm going there is that my a good friend of mine from uni is he's a teacher and he's signed a two year contract to go out there and teach. So mm. he has invited us over, and um, it's one of my few opportunities probably to experience the Middle East. I thought, why not? Let's go for it. Um, so they're the first two problems. Yeah. The third mm. being that you are flying on Wednesday. Today is today is Monday. It is. And as we have just discussed off air, I have come down with a very serious cold. So I've got a really good excuse. Well, that's good really getting good you excuses. back, mate, because you because you know what you need to do is get out of this get get some heat into you. It's 28 degrees over there, so you need to go there to to get better. Let me nurse you back to full fitness. Nurse Judah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean that's a that's a worrying uh, thought or image gone into my head there. I mean, of, uh, that's of... the thing you see. You go to Vegas, you can do whatever you want, and you can role play if you want to do the, the doctor nurse thing. That's fine. You can't do that when you're living in a in a in a bedroom at, in sharing with your sister. You know, the 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 walls are thin, my friend. <laughs> I mean, I am nurse quite, ratchet. I mean, I am quite literally sat on the end of a bed. Oh. Recording this podcast as That's we speak. That's what I'm saying. You could, life, be, in, you could be in a 500 no. square foot room that you're not paying for, and yet you're on the end of a bed living at your sister's house. What? Something's gone wrong. And something's I'm gone sniffling. wrong. Something, you're wired incorrectly, Liam Keane. You can't even have an. I mean, do you have any argument? What, what do you when you have like an argument? There's always something annoying. Like you'll go downstairs. There's only one TV. You want to watch Match of the Day, and they're watching Strictly. Or you know, you have a little bit of a. There's little things that start to annoy you, I think, when you live with other people. Little things that wouldn't normally, but they get on your nerves. You know, the way that they cut onions or the way that they're around the kitchen or the way they slurp the tea. You wouldn't normally pay attention to it, but those little things magnified over the course of one, two, three, four months. Goodness me, that would that would drive me insane. Well, um, we're in the honeymoon phase still. Everything's okay. fine. Everything's good. Um, okay. Hopefully it won't be too much longer and we'll be... We'll be moving into our gaff but um as it stands we don't know um remember listeners um mm. leicester is where the conveyances are um <laughs> if you if you need to, if you need to find them um they are at right that okay i um it, it might get to that point if i get stressed out but i also don't want to um invite any anger and ill will towards people who are i'm sure doing their best but are just absolutely um, incompetent what do you do if you have an argument though with with the missus? Like you've got to have a little bit of an argument, but you can't. You've got to keep it down. Like I don't know. I I would say that me and Alana, seventy five percent of our arguments are about me peeing on the floor. Mate, I can't. It's believe honestly, you, I can't it's believe insane. You just like, said that. like from, it's always it's always residual pee on the floor, and I'm thinking. Really, is it that big a deal? Like she's like, who do you think cleans it up? Who do you, do you think it just evaporates into thin air? And I'm thinking. 
I mean, a little bit, you know, it's dried in the morning, you're good to go. The cleaner comes once a week, you're good, you know, it's, it's a hard floor, it's not a carpet. But um, that's, uh, that's, that's really our main, main, I guess, arguments on a week-to-week -week basis, and I'm losing the battle. You are a very, very grim individual. I shouldn't, I shouldn't tell you this, but Alana asked me to do this the other day, and I'm sorry. And men listening at home, they might do this, but I'm, I'll never resort to this. She asked me to, when you go to pee, can you sit down now? Because then, <laughs> no they, way. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. And then two people who I know said, "Oh, yeah, we well, do that as well." I'm sorry, you've lost your dignity if you're doing that. I mean, you're not a man, are you? you, no, you no, I'm no. sorry. Come on, I'm not. Come doing on, that. I'm not resorting to that. Not to one, pee. I mean, that's one, one of life's life's main bonuses as a as a as a male that you can just stand there and you don't have to do anything. One compromise I have made, mm. which I can't believe we even got into this topic. Go on. Is sorry. Rosie asked me when we were still in our rented place before we were in, in the uh, the lodging as we are now. Yeah. Um, she asked me to, whenever I flush, to put this toilet seat down first and then flush. Oh, I don't know, mate. That's which, a... which is not a massive ask, but it's, it's not. A, but there's a lot a of effort that goes into that. Isn't it? It's a little bit nitpicky. Um, her <laughs> her um, reasoning being that um, if her toothbrush is out on display. Yeah, she, she doesn't want certain particles flying up from the, oh, nah. from, from the flush. My God, um, this was this was her. She she brought this up to me. I you know this mm. is I would, wouldn't even think of this. Um, so I have done my best to do that, but sometimes I fail. <laughs> thinking uh, for people who don't know, we got we got taken over. We got new owners uh, last week, and uh, one of the things they're uh, quite happy with is uh, the Wolves podcast. Like, oh, you guys do a really good job, and you're gonna get fifteen, twenty thousand people listening. Blah de blah. They're probably listening to this for the first time. And they're going. What the hell is this crap? Christ, they're ten minutes in. Is this what people listen to? Right, so we better we better get onto some uh, some football, shall we? Well, <laughs> newsflash: this is what people listen to. I'm afraid <laughs> they love it. I did get one person very they they they, they did uh, they did tweet me last week saying, "Well, you complain about um, going over seventy seven minutes worth. Just cut the crap out and talk about the football boys. I mean, I'm, I've got no interest. I'm like, well, but you know." We love it. We love a well, bit of crack. People we are, we're to sorry that. you we're sorry you don't enjoy it. But um, peeing on floors. Yeah, exactly. There's plenty the, of other bad podcasts around that you can the listen football's to. Football's coming up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. Wolverhampton Wanderers one, Aston Villa one, baby. Um Kino, I mean, look, you less than twenty four hours after the game. What did you think? I mean, for me, I, I think it's a good point. Some sometimes it's disappointing points. I thought Luton was a good point in the end, really, you know, with what transpired. I think this was another good point. Um, in the grand scheme of things going into the second international break. Yeah, I think you've got to base it on the context of the game and how it out, uh, you know, unfolded and also the context of the, the recent fixtures. And when you beat City, some people think, oh, you've got to go on and beat the next team. And the next team, mm. you beat the best team in the world, you have to go win your next game. Yeah. I don't really see it like that. I see it as more, and this, some people might see this as unambitious, but... Wolves have given themselves a little bit of a buffer. The pressure was off for the Villa game. Now, the pressure is always going to be there to some extent because it's a, a local derby, but the pressure, ha had they lost City, as you know, people were expecting them to, as we were expecting them to, um, had they lost that game, the, the pressure's on Wolves and Gary and they were to go get some sort of result and some sort of performance against Villa. I didn't feel they had that because of the City game. And the context of the game, you know, Villa edged the first half, I felt, a couple of decent chances. Saar did well. And then second half was probably equal in terms of chances, but there was a lot for either side. It could have gone either way. I feel like on the balance of the game and considering Wolves had to hang on for 12, 13, 14 minutes with, with 10 men as well, it felt like a pretty decent point in the context mm -hmm. of the game. And the fact that they could have 
easily lost that right at the end. Despite the fact that they could have easily won it, you know, 15, 20 minutes earlier with Neto's chances and Kalajic's chances. So overall, I think it's it's a pretty good point. And I, I take more from the performance than I do the point, really. And following on from City, was it as picture perfect as the City performance? No. But was it fairly equal in terms of effectiveness? I think so. I think Wolves and Gary O'Neill got it spot on again, to be honest. And um, and on another day, could have won it. Um. I mean, look, we, we, Gary Neal talked about on Friday, didn't he, saying that it's definitely game to game and the formation can change and it's it's a fluid formation, but we all kind of knew, especially with the, the cards that Wolves were dealt, that this would be... Um, I'd be shocked if they went to any different formation or any different personnel and they picked the same team. And I think it was about the right decision for me, Liam. What do you what, what are your thoughts on, on playing with this three at the back rather than a four in terms of fluidity of football and also chances created because I've got to be honest if you look at the back four at the start of the season Wolves were creating chances they were creating a plethora of chances in games lots of shots but they weren't converting it's almost gone to as you would expect less shots more solidity but they are scoring more goals because they're being a little bit more clinical yeah I think it's given Wolves an opportunity at both ends of the field because defensively they've shored up um, I'm a fan of Totti Gomez I think he fits into the system really well but I think equally Dawson and Kilman, performance wise in the last two games have really stepped up I thought Kilman was very good actually at Luton but there's been games up until that point where both of them were a little bit inconsistent they've both stepped up players like Aitnori and Semedo have genuinely got better albeit mm-hmm. Semedo made a couple errors um, against Villa and one for the goal of course but Overall, individual performances have improved with this system, which I don't think is a coincidence, really, because of the personnel Wolves have got on offer um, at, at, at their disposal. So all of that combined, alongside really some incredible form with the, the forward players. Uh, and, and again, that's not just the individual form. Again, that is also the tactics. And that's Gary Neal's part playing, um, playing there as well. All of that combined is resulting in what I think is, and it's the only word I can think of that, that really describes it properly, is a really effective system at, at the moment for Wolves. It's something that they're getting the best out of both ends of the pitch. And it's interesting talking to Gary Neal about it because um, obviously we're not football coaches, so we don't sit there and analyse it to the same extent they do. We analyse mm-hmm. it to an extent for our jobs, but we don't do it to the same depth that they do. And he's, we ask him about the system and about playing a four, playing a five, and the way he speaks about it publicly to us is quite interesting it's slightly different he's talking about yes we often it will look like a five but often in possession it changes to a four Totti Gomez comes over he pushes quite far out he did that against Foden he against, did that against um, Diaby as well uh, for, for Villa on, on Sunday um, pushes out quite far to the left Aitnori pushes on Huang comes inside almost forms a two next to Cunha almost becomes a four at the back um, and it's quite fluid and fluid is the right word that you, you've used there because I think it gives Wolves the kind of effectiveness they need to handle dangerous forwards, which you're going to find at every Premier League club, but at the same time, be, be dangerous in their own right. And Neto, Huang, Cunha as well. I mean, you've got to give props to him for the, albeit there's almost zero goal scoring threat at the moment, unfortunately, from him. There is, he's playing a really important role in how this Wolves team is setting up. And they look really good going forward and they look really good in possession. And look at the way that they scored the goal Um against Villa on Sunday starts with Huang winning the ball in his own box and you know a lovely flowing move from there so yeah I think it's working really well that formation and the, and the system that goes with it 
Are these three front three almost pick themselves now? There's not even anyone close to to pushing them um, in terms of getting into that starting lineup. I mean, it's nice to have a a front three who you know every single week are pretty much going to start bar injury. Of course, you know form permitting, but you know all three of them I think are, are playing different roles. I, I still think they can get a little bit more Acuna, but I understand and we discussed about his his screen work and and, and the way that, that Gary O'Neill is using him um, allows the likes of Huang Chan, the likes of Pedro Neto, a little bit more movement and and you know attacking prowess up front i guess and he's the one who's probably going to be the third one in that in that front three going to be mopping up and you'd think that the other two are more likely to to be on the you know goal scoring sheet um but do you feel that there's anyone else because i think that the more these three play together as well we're starting to see they know each other's runs they know you know where they're going to be they know you know that they can pass the ball two or three yards ahead of the defender and and you know Neto's probably going to get on the end of it and that if anything over the last two to three seasons there's always been a chopping and a changing there's very rare we've seen strike forces or front three playing not just two games in a row but four five six games in a row and I know that's not helped because you know Pedro Neto's been injured and Huang Chan's picked up injuries, but there does seem to be a consistency there that I think is benefiting Wolves. Yeah, and you've got to try and find the balance because it's benefiting Wolves on the pitch right now. But at the same time, if and when it does go bad, because Wolves will have a run where they won't for win sure. for a few games and they'll probably struggle to score and they'll they'll have a few bad results and performances. At that, at, when that moment does come, you need the likes of Sarabia, Kalajic, Fabio Silva. Enzo Gonzalez, you know, he's very much, you know, new and, and fresh coming into it. But just to think of the forward options they've got, you need these kind of players. And Bellagon, of course, as well, can can play on the wings uh, if, if needed. You need these kind of players to offer the competition and be screaming and shouting for their place to come in. If and when Cunha has, I don't know, two or three games in a row where he's really struggling, absolute stinkers, and it probably will happen, and that's not a criticism of him, that's just the way football is. Kalajic and Fabio Silva should be knocking on Gary Neal's door and saying, I should be starting. And I would like to think that's that's exactly what would happen, but that, that's going to be a question almost for two, three months from now. And, and when Wolves are in the thick of the season and they need some of these players to step up in the short term, and, and perhaps long term, I mean, you know, we'll see how their form develops, but in the short term at least... It is benefiting Wolves to have this consistency, I think, because you look at some of the runs that they make, as you've just said there, they know where the other player's going. Now, it doesn't always work and they get frustrated. Of course, of but course. it's never going to work 100% of the time, is it? But what will happen, if you make two, three, four, five, six runs and you don't get found, on that seventh run, the odds are in your favour that you'll get on the end of a ball. Mm-hmm. And that is what Wolves have been so poor at in recent seasons, where they haven't had strikers or forwards making runs into the box, hanging off the shoulder of the last man, arriving late into the box, no one taking chances. And also, if you think about if it's the balls on the right wing, for example, the opposite winger on the left side making a run into the box and gambling. How often has that not happened for Wolves? Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's, it's incredible how the awareness to get into the box has been so poor for Wolves over the last few seasons. You're seeing that change now already. And particularly from someone like Huang. Huang made several runs yesterday that didn't get and, and Neto to be fair as well that didn't get found eventually he makes a well he obviously he knows what Neto's going to do when he's when he's fronting up one on one against Pau Torres he knows he's going to have the beating of him Huang makes a really intelligent run inside initially when Neto picks the ball up 
makes another run, doesn't get found. Then he reads Neto's run perfectly as he comes in and he makes the perfect run in front of the defender and he taps home. Now, he made several runs before that did, that didn't get found, but that one that did get found is the one that scores the goal. And that is, when you have the confidence to make these kind of runs, you're going to score goals more often than not. So that's for me, is the really positive sign for Wolves because we're seeing changes in how they go about attacking the box. And we didn't, we haven't seen that for at least two seasons now. So I'm, I'm, I'm really comforted by that prospect that we're going to have a player in Huang and hopefully others that are taking risks. And when you take those risks, you will score goals. And you mentioned Fabio Silva and Sasha Kolajic there. I mean, both of them came on on Saturday or Sunday, sorry, in the dying moments. Well, I mean, Kolajic came on a little bit um, earlier than Fabio, didn't he? But where are they at this moment in time, Liam? Because to me, I actually thought Sasha did quite well when he came on, more lively than I've seen him. I thought he he um, he worked quite well. In, I thought it was an important role. I thought they needed him at that point and could have got on the score sheet himself and also put a really lovely ball in to Pedro Neto. I mean, this was a, probably a 25-yard cross-field ball. Okay, he was on the left-hand side, and, but it was it was perfect. Flashed right the way across the across goal, and, and really, Pedro Neto should have done a little bit better. Hits the target. That's a nailed-on goal, and Wolves probably win that game. But um, he, he looked like he'd um, reacted pretty well. On the other hand, Fabio comes on a little bit later and kind of looks like a bit of a lost salt this moment in time. And he must be frustrated. I mean, you know, not... Feature, well, obviously getting the number nine shirt and starting the season and things looked up for him and it seems like he's reverted back to back to type in, in, the, in the fact that Way's been for the last season and a half when he has been at the club and is, is on the outside very much looking in. Yeah, just just on Clodgett's first, no, I, I agree with you. I thought he, he looked fairly lively when he came on. Um, a brilliant ball for Neto and, and, you know, the player should do better but, it, you know, the form he's in, we can't really begrudge him at the moment. Um so, so yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. And I think the position he's in is that Gary Neal has, has been pretty stern in his responses to, to questions about Sasha that he's not ready to start a Premier League game. I mean, he, he plays 55 minutes against Ipswich and is asking to come off. So, uh, provided that's the case and you've got no reason to doubt what Gary Neal said, then um, Kalajic is going to be a bench option for the foreseeable, you would imagine. Mm-hmm. And then with Fabio, again, I can't really disagree. I think he, he did look a bit frustrated, um, a little bit angry coming on. Um, and I don't mind that in some regards, because if you're going to turn that anger into, right, I'm going to prove you wrong, then that could be beneficial to him and to Wolves. Um, I don't think he played particularly bad when he came on, but he wasn't particularly effective. And that's the issue when you come on in the 85th minute. These days, and we saw with how long there was with the added time, that is enough time to Im- impact the game. Um, and, and he didn't really. Granted, he was also playing on the left, and I don't understand playing him there. And in two, and we spoke about this in the press room actually after the game. Um, I'm not quite sure who this is more detrimental to. Is it Fabio Silva coming on, playing out of position, and not having the impact he wants, which is not going to help him? Or at the same time, you've got someone in Pablo Sarabia who doesn't come on on the left, mm. and he gets Fabio Silva, who's not by any means a winger um, playing ahead of him on that side. So I don't know who's in the worst position, really, despite Fabio coming on. So, yeah, it's um, it, it wasn't the ideal scenario for him. I think he needs to come on and play at, at nine, but he also needs to take his chances. And, and it's been a little bit uh, underwhelming uh, in, in recent performances. Um, he, he came off the bench uh, against City, I thought, did it fairly well, considering the context of the game. But aside from that, it's, it's you know more needed, I think. This is all 
circumstantial, of course, but let's say Fabio doesn't really get a look in until Christmas or December. And we get into January, Liam, and Wolves, we know that they tried to sign a striker right the way until the very end of the 11pm deadline on September the 1st. They didn't get that deal done. But I think, reading between the lines, and Gary O'Neill has mentioned it, that they will be looking. Of course, if they go and win like a load of games and everything's going Rosen, probably not. But they will be looking to probably add another striker in January. And the Matthias Nunes money helps that. The fact that they can facilitate that. It might not be a permanent deal, but I could see them doing some kind of a loan with an obligation or a loan to a to a you know with a um, with a potential to maybe our first first dibs on someone at the end of the summer. If that happens, Liam, and you look at that strike force, I think that realistically, if he's not playing, Fabio Silva and his agents will be pushing for another loan deal at least until the end of the season. If that happens, let's say they bring someone in. Of course, like I said this is all circumspect, but. If it happens, let's say they bring in a striker, Fabio goes on loan back to, I don't know, PSV for, to, for the six months to the end of the season then comes back and we're in the same situation again. How long before this becomes Groundhog Day in the extent to him coming in, transitioning, coming back in with a party, looking good, made promises, starting games, out the team, before you have to kind of cut ties here? Because what you don't want is... I guess a kind of Catroni situation. I'm trying to think of anything previously where he's gone, he's not worked out, he's gone away. He's just, well, I mean, Catroni didn't do much when he was away, to be honest, but comes back, plays a little bit, goes away, comes back, plays a little bit. I don't think that's going to happen with Fabio, but at the same time, you know, he's still on a long, long contract. Remember, he signed an extra extension when he went on loan last season, so he's on a long deal at Wolverhampton Wanderers. He's come for big money. At what stage do you say, we will let you go to another club? What kind of fee would they be looking for? Or do you think he's here for the long term? Giving him, like I say, the number nine shirt and he's going to be a fixture regardless or not for a long time to come. Obviously, a lot of things can change between now and January. I mean, if he gets a run in the team, then everything changes, changes, doesn't it? And he's the kind of guy, you know, the interview we did with him and, and everything we spoke to him about, he's the kind of guy that needs to feel a bit of love, the arm on the shoulder. He obviously wants to play. He's not going to be happy playing you know, short cameos off the bench. There's no Carabao Cup games for him to be playing now and he didn't even start mm -hmm. the last one anyway. So there's lots of um, frustration there for him, I would imagine. And and I'm sure that if he got to, you know, push comes to shove in January or even in um, in, the, in the summer, that he may want to go depending on whether he's playing, playing or not. And, and if he is playing, how much he's playing, whether he's scoring goals, is he enjoying his football, is he feeling happy? There's lots of things that go into it. At the same time, Wolves hold the cards in the, in the sense that he's got a long contract till 2026 with an option to 27 as well. So, you know, quite a, quite a way to go. And um, and, I, and I, I think that it would potentially get to the point where Wolves may feel enough is enough. Um, but it, it, it depends really on how, how much the player pushes and then how much the, 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 the coach backs him. I mean, Gary O'Neill, I don't think has been massively impressed from what I can gather. Um but there's a lot of time. So to why go. give him the so, number nine shirt, Liam? I, I, I don't really think that was up to Gary Neal, to be honest. They were they were they were talking about him getting the number nine shirt before Gary Neal was even at the club. So um, I think I think that was. And to be honest, I don't really think Gary Neal would, would would care that much. I mean, I, I'm speaking. No, for I him, know. Of course, but you, but you know what Wolves fans? It's an iconic shirt. He's wanted it for a long time. They're back him. Matt Hobbs had discussions with him. He he gave him it. You think that things would be what? Put it this way, with him starting the start of the season and getting backing, I didn't see it turning 
I'm not saying it's turned sour, but I think I didn't see it turning like this so quickly eight games into the season, and he has been basically out of the team for the best part of a month. What what will determine this is the next time he gets a run in the team, how it goes, and I do mm-hmm. think that will happen. Okay. I do think he will be given a run in the team. How now, does how that lo- happen, though? Now, how, how long that, that run is, I don't know. Well, it, it would happen with changing system, because I doubt he would drop Cunha, but you go back to playing 4-4-2 or 4-2-3-1, and you play... Uh, Cunha and um, and Fabio together alongside Huang and Neto still. So I can see that being a, a reality at some point throughout the season where he gives him another opportunity. How long that opportunity is, I don't know. Did, was he mm. given long enough at the start of the season? Probably not because strikers need enough time to get into their rhythm. But at the same time, I can't mm. say to Gary Neal that it was the wrong decision because Wolves have gone on to get results and score goals. So No, I, um, I, I'm, look, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. You know, I'm, I'm asking the question because I think a lot, a lot of fans have, have split split loyalties over over Fabio and, and the way that things have happened and you can just you can just see the signs of of it happening again of how it's gone previously that's all I'm saying yeah and th- and that's the worry because you get to a, the same situation that it was in this summer where he wanted to go Lopetegui and, and Matt Hobbs and, and and the like helped him stay then of course you had the issue with Lopetegui leaving and um, Gary Neal coming in and and he was convinced to stay and uh, there's there's so many back and forth and you don't want to have to go through a similar thing like that again but it depends on where Wolves are financially as you rightly say they're going to have more scope to bring someone in in, in January as they try to do at the end of the summer window they should have more scope of obviously again next uh, next summer as well depending on, on business they do but um, if they were to let Fabio go there'll be plenty of clubs that would be interested in a, in a loan with an option I would suggest I think Wolves if they were to come to that final decision to say right we're going to finally allow him to leave I think it would be a case of we need some money here and we probably need in the 20s at the very least and that, and that's of course making a pretty decent loss considering how much they paid for him but I think he, they would they would want a, a, you know, a decent fee for, for a player of his age and, and that's a big reach talent. isn't it really with what he's done for someone to pay £20 million on Fabio Silva that's, that's not chump change no it's not but at the same time based on what he did last season would have club of are paid around that uh, sixteen goals or competitions over two loans. They they probably would. I know. I know the the league isn't the same as the Premier League. Um, and the money's not there in those leagues, Liam, to do that to facilitate those those kind of moves. You know, you see them three, four, five million pounds. They normally buy little and then they then they sell on to Premier League or or Saudi or whatever for massive money. But you don't really see that kind of money being spent in the leagues where he has done well. No, no, but I think I think there would be teams, maybe Turkey. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, I know Galatasaray were interested. Uh, in the summer, I think there would be teams that would have paid similar to that, there or thereabouts, maybe an upfront with with add-ons, whatever it might have been, clauses in the contract. But I think there would have been a team that would have paid somewhere along those lines. But Wolves were pretty adamant they wanted to keep him. Matt Hobbs did a big job um, to make that a reality. Fabio was happy to stay in the end, but you now need some sort of return. And um, Wolves haven't seen it yet. But I do think he's a talented footballer. I really do. I'm, I think you need to find the best system for him. And my worry is, are Wolves going to find that system mm. without having to give up something else? And yeah. I don't know whether Gary Neal is going to be prepared to do that right now. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mean to spend this long on Fabio Silva, so apologies. But I think sometimes it is a fascinating subject and a fascinating play, I think, to to analyse, really. Um, the, the, you mentioned him there again, Liam, and obviously let's talk about it a little little shorter. But, um, you know, the highest paid player in this squad by an absolute considerable margin, 
big, big margin is, is Pablo Sarabia, who, you know, you say Fabio Silva did, got on. Well, Pablo Sarabia hasn't got on. He hasn't got on for the last four games, I think, in the Premier League. Not even off the bench. So this is... Uh, this is worrying times really for him. Uh, I don't know where his head is, uh, what he's showing in training, but the fact that he's he's kind of been phased out or frozen out at this moment in time doesn't bode well really for someone who is on massive money. No, yeah, I mean, huge wages. When they brought him in in, uh, in, in January, four and a half million from PSG, and um, it was it was a great deal for Wolves, you know, such a small transfer fee, someone that Lopetegui wanted, but it was with the scope of him getting, you know, pretty considerable wages in comparison to the rest of the squad and and frankly he hasn't returned on that investment and it's strange because he's experienced he's a Spain international he played for them in the last tournament came on and took a penalty for them you know he, he's a, an experienced player he scored 22 goals I think it was in all competitions 21 in the league on loan at Sporting now I know it's the Portuguese league but it's not you know a complete chump league. It's still a decent league and he scored a 21 goals in the league there. 22 all comps on loan. He should be doing well to an extent at Wolves. We should be seeing a lot more than we have done and, and we've not seen anywhere near enough. I think that's in performances um, from when he first came in and carrying it through into this season and as it stands, Gary Neal is um, he's not having him clearly because he, he'd be coming off the bench, he'd be having some sort of impact somewhere and he's given him enough chances this season. He started him in games where he hasn't performed and you're going to give someone those chances to to take the shirt and keep and make it their own and you don't do that and then in the opposite <laughs> dugout if you will you have Huang coming in and playing so well I mean it, it's it's a no-brainer really for Gary O'Neill not to be playing Pablo Sarabia but he has let himself down to get himself to this point mm. now having interviewed him before and been around him you know he, he seems like a you know, a decent guy. I think Wolves quite like him off the pitch. He's part of the leadership group. He's got a young family. His, um, his partner gave birth after he moved over to England. You know, he's um, he seems to have all the makings of someone who should do well at Wolves. And I can't put my finger on why it's not clicking. The only thing I can think of is have Wolves found his best position yet. And I'm not convinced they have. Playing him on the right, playing him in behind. He's played more often than not out wide, I think, if I was to hedge my bets and I'm not sure he's suited to play out there so it's mm. um it's a it's a conundrum put it that way and and Gary Neal's going to earn his money trying to figure out how to get the best out of Pablo Sarabia okay good stuff good stuff mate um uh, I wanted to just discuss with you as well the, the kind of summer signings now the ones who have come in the ones who we've seen a little bit of we've seen some, quite quite a little bit of quite a bit of some of them and, and not a lot of others and where, where they are currently in the state of affairs um Let's go with Santiago Bueno first. What have you What have you thought? What have you seen? Um, and what do you think his role is going in uh, for the rest of the season? Well, these like are obviously the, early takes, and things can yeah, change a lot. But where I mean, you are at this moment in time, like the majority, um, we've not seen a lot of him. And what mm. we have seen at Ipswich was pretty bad, if we're going to be brutally honest. Um, and it was weird because in that first half, and I probably didn't talk about this as much after the game because it was such a poor defeat. Mm. But looking back on it, in that first 20, 25, Wolves on top, 2-0 up, playing well, the defence was doing okay at that point. And Santi Bueno was quite aggressive. He was stepping out of defence. He was following the striker. He was winning tackles. He was making a few fouls as well, but he was being aggressive. Almost a stereotypical Uruguayan defender. Very, very aggressive and on the front foot. 
but he got caught out far too many times and he was far too slow to react for a couple of the goals, really. So um, I'm going to reserve judgment on him completely until we see more of him. But what I did see against Ipswich, I wasn't massively impressed. But from what I've heard, speaking to people over in Spain and, and, and having watched a little bit of when he was over there, um, it's clearly a player who should be adapting to the Premier League in the short to medium term. Mm. And he's um, he's at a decent age. He's athletic. He's tall. I think I think he'll turn out to be an okay signing, but we we don't know until we see him in the Premier in Premier League action, and I can't see him getting a game anytime soon. Okay, um, Enzo Gonzalez, um, Gary Neal spoke a little bit about him, didn't he, in the press conference? I don't want to uh, kind of um, spoil one of your, I'm sure, beautifully written articles throughout next week and uh, international break, but uh, he, he did speak a little bit about Enzo. Yeah, I mean, it's, for all of these players, it's going to be fairly short, isn't it? Um, yeah, Enzo, it's. It's um, very much a case of 18-year-old lad moving over from Paraguay, new culture, new language, new football, and he needs a lot of time by the sounds of it to get up to speed. Uh, obviously, he was on the bench at Palace, wasn't he, not long after after signing, but I think that was more a, a case of we need someone else on the bench rather than him ever having a chance of coming on by the, by the looks of it. Um, I didn't see him for the 21s, unfortunately, but I'm hoping I might see him fairly soon if he, if he plays for the next few days and, and weeks. But um, speaking to Gary Neal and other people who watched that game, he did okay, had flash moments, but also showed the reason why he needs time. So I don't expect we'll see a lot of him this season in the Premier League. And now things do change quickly, but from what we're hearing at the moment, it's very much a give him time, let him get used to his surroundings and uh, and see how he gets on. Okay, uh, Matt Doherty. Are we seeing a little bit more of him in the future, near future, very near future? Yes, I mean, uh, Samedo obviously uh, going to have a one-game suspension for, for Bournemouth, so you would suspect Doherty starts. Um, and yeah, I, I, I like him as a footballer. I think he's versatile, I think he's experienced. Um, and I think he was a pretty intelligent, free transfer for the positions he can cover, what he brings to the team. And, uh, and he's done fairly well in... The games he's played, obviously fairly limited, but a few cup appearances, a few sub appearances. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I, th- I think he was a, a smart purchase, put it that way. Who would you rather have in a five-three-two now uh, on right wing back? Call it if both Semedo and Doherty were available at Bournemouth. Would you rather have Semedo or Doherty? I think based purely on the last few games, I think I would go Semedo. Um, if I'm going to base it purely on my, uh, what's the right word? Probably trust in the player and consistency, it would be Doherty because unfortunately for Smedo, and it's been this way in his Wolves career, it's one brilliant game followed by one stinker. So mm. it's difficult for me to put full backing and trust behind him. But overall performances last few games, I know you know, the goal was his fault against Villa and they almost lost it because of him at the back post as well. But overall, he's done pretty well the last few games. Trust-wise, I'd go Doc. Okay, a couple more, and then we'll we'll move on to uh, some questiones um, and a word from our sponsors. Uh, sorry, I say a couple more. I mean, we, we could have three, but um, I love you, Tom King, but we're not talking about you today, lad. Uh, Jean Rickner Bellegarde, ready yes. to go now. He's served his suspension, baby. He has served his suspension, so he'll be back for Bournemouth, um, which is but pretty But what do you timely. think of him so far? Has he, has he been the most impressive of the, of the bunch? Yeah, he has to be, only because of that first half against Liverpool and that's pretty much the only reason and, and you know to his credit up until the red card at Luton he, he was doing okay 
particularly in comparison to some of the players around him who were really struggling. I thought he actually did okay. You know, picked the ball up a few times, a few nice turns in midfield, trying to get Wolves on the front foot. So I'm a, I, I like him from what I've seen. And we've, we're, again, basing it on limited minutes. But from those limited minutes, and particularly the Liverpool game, I saw a lot of quality. So I think he'll be a, a really useful addition towards this season. Uh, back for Bournemouth, as you say, which is timely considering Lamina's now going to have a suspension. But it'll be interesting whether he comes back into the, the starting eleven straight away or not because you've got... You, well, you have to change formation, really, unless you drop a winger. And I don't see either Huang or Neto if they're fit being dropped. So, um, Boob Kachor is probably in. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Boob. I think he's done really well off the bench the last few games. So, um, I'm not mad at that. Tommy Doyle. Yeah, strange one with... with no, not strange, actually. No, let me, let me rephrase that. Because I thought I, a lot of people would have thought Doyle would be the first one, I think, to get his chance, or we would have seen more of Doyle maybe than what we have seen. I'll yeah, I, I think that's exactly what I was going to say. I, I would have expected to see a little bit more of him um, up until this point. Had an injury, didn't he, I think, going into the he, Palace he did, game? He did, yes. A, a small knock. And obviously, there was another international break then, wasn't there? So it, mm. it's been since then where he's really been in and around the squad. Um, and obviously, he couldn't play against City because of parent club uh, on loan. So... Um, yeah, I would have expected to see a little bit more of him, but at the same time, I didn't think he was particularly great against Ipswich. I think we both felt that. So I can't argue with him not playing, especially because I think Gomez and Lamina have been actually quite good last few games, particularly Lamina. So I'm not surprised that he hasn't gone in ahead of them. I'm surprised he perhaps hasn't come on and played a few more minutes when Wolves are trying to regain some control of the game. So... I think there's a lot more to come from him. I think he's the he's the kind of player who's got a bit more technical quality, set piece quality, someone who can come on and try and control the game, look after the ball, make some smart passes. I think if Wolves are hanging on to a lead in games coming up, he's the kind of player who will probably come on. So I, I would like to think we'll see more of him soon. Okay, lovely. Uh thank you very much, Liam Keane. Uh right, word from our sponsors. Look we didn't Kellentosman.co.uk. We gave away well, we were trying to give away three massive prizes, including a smoker. Uh, against against Villa didn't quite happen. Keto the three three was close, but no cigar. Mm, yeah, really close. I did well. I mean, on chances, clear cut chances, I would have been yeah. shooing really. Oh, I love it. I mean, a draw for you against Villa was a good result, wasn't it for you? Really, you sit on Don't, the fence, and... mate. Oh no? God, you're so annoying. No, it was, it was you know happy days. You you, <laughs> you go away happy. <laughs> it's quite it's quite fortunate for me that the. Ongoing joke from this was probably what about a year ago now, something like that, maybe longer. Something like that. Something um, like that. The ongoing joke because it started with someone on YouTube uh, replying to one of about our your videos. It's about your maroon hat you used to wear all no, the time. No, 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 no. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. Was you've, it not? You've completely forgotten. You've completely oh. forgotten. It was probably one of the best comments I've ever received hating on me because obviously it's a complete lie, but I, it was really funny. Go the, on. Per, the person saying. My brother went to school with Liam. Mm. He's al- he's always been a Villa fan. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that's that. Right, and, then, yeah. and then there was something else alongside. I can't remember what it was. Um, I mean, obviously, completely untrue. But, um, yeah, I, I, I've been quite fortunate that, obviously, you try and wind me up with it because um, it's one of the few things I do bite at because it does annoy <laughs> me because there's been some unfortunate Wolves fans who have not realised it's a joke. 
a very small number, and I think I've done a, a decent job of being able to quash the rumour by constantly biting every time you uh, you bring it up. Well, but when it, you private registration on your car at the bottom is in very small letters, it's got Fila go on it. Then you know what you're supposed to do. What are you supposed up, to do, you loser? Um, <laughs> there's uh, I've, I've done a decent job of being able to quash it, but there has been a, f- a couple over over the last few months mm. um, of unfortunate Wolves fans that haven't realised it's a joke and are like disgusted that. A Villa fan is reporting on Wolves to the Express and Star. Um, by the way, it wouldn't matter who I supported because if I'm doing the job, you know, as long as I'm doing the job in the right way, it shouldn't matter. But I am a Wolves fan. For anyone who's anyone who's really worried, I have to make sure I say that every time you bring the joke up because I get I won't be able to sleep tonight otherwise. The half and half scarf that you bought yesterday. Mate. If you could just bring a couple of them, we could give it away as a prize I mean, at some point. In the future. They were horrendous, weren't they? Oh, can you imagine the quality? I mean. I mean, the guy selling them didn't look particularly clean either, to be honest, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't have bought them. Uh, wow. <laughs> Jewel Basket Air Fryer. How much? Salter. Kellentoastman.co.uk. There's all digits going on. It looks amazing. I was I was using the air fryer the other day. I know it's something that people will not be afraid to using, but um, have you ever heard of Okra? Kino? Okra? I don't know. You like, actually, you like Dishoom, don't you? I do. Dishoom do an incredible um, lightly fried okra that's absolutely delicious. Please get it next time. Um, it's kind of a strange vegetable, but um, absolutely fantastic if done right. And Is it like a cauliflower? Put... No, mate. It's like a, it's like a, a small green, um, almost like hexagonal shape. It looks a bit like a chili, but oh, more, more firm. <laughs> and you, so you're close. Very, very close. But if you chop it all up, you put it in the air fryer, a couple of sprays of that one calorie olive oil spray, and a little bit of, um, I've got like a Japanese barbecue sauce, quite liquidy. Stick a little bit of that in there, bang it all in, air fry it, 10 minutes. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. Amazing. Okra, the way forward. Um, Dual basket air fryer. It's it's RRP, £85. £85 because this is the shit. And I mean, unbelievable. Uh, we're going to give it away. We'll give it away at Bournemouth. Uh, so that will be coming very, very soon. Um, and it will be on your prediction because you shall be there. And I shall not. Oh, that is out of order. I know, I know. I'm good to that missed the first Wolves game of the season. I'm absolutely devastated. Poor uh, but we'll cover each other, mate, when you go away for a couple of months or wherever, however uh, long you go for. Do you want to take some, uh, some questions from the beautiful people? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Let me just uh, go off the page. So, buy me some time. Okay, first question is uh, the Wolfpack. Now Lamina has a one match ban. Would you play Bubakar Traore or Belgard Belgard uh, in midfield next to Zhao Gomez? Belgard mainly played mainly as a centre midfield for most of his career. Also, with it being a red card today, when he returns from the Newcastle game, will he still have four yellows to his name and one more? For another game suspension, uh, Wolfpack are asking. So you might want to clarify that. I know you did yesterday, but maybe again. Yes, yes. Sorry for anyone who didn't see my tweet. So yeah, obviously Samedo is on um, five bookings now, despite for some reason the Premier League website and other statistical websites not registering his yellow card against City. So he said he had three before the game yesterday. I've been I've spoken to Wolves. They've said he's definitely on four before that game. So now on five. So he will miss Bournemouth. Um, and then, yeah, as Lamina, as uh, as the Wolfpack question said, um, because he, sorry, he he was on five when he got the first yellow card, then got his second yellow card and got a red. So he will miss the Bournemouth game with a one-game suspension. He will be back for the following game and he will be back on four yellow cards. So essentially the two yellow cards he got combined into the red and he 
hasn't added to his tally, which means he misses one game, but he's obviously one booking away from missing another game. So not ideal, but um, yeah, he'll, he'll be missing. For me, uh, you are right about Belagali. He's played a lot of central midfield. He played a lot of left wing. Obviously, for Wolves, he was playing a sort of hybrid 10, left-sided 10 role. I think Bubakar Traore not only makes sense to play there as a out-and-out central midfielder in that formation, but I think he's earned the chance to play. I think he's done mm. really well off the bench in every game he's come on in the last three or four. Um, obviously, started at Ipswich, and I thought he was one of the better ones on the day as well in, in a poor performance. So, I would I would definitely start Bubakar Traore. He's a bit haphazard, but I'm I'm a big fan of him and his energy. Yeah, we're probably going to discuss that in the um, in the preview, but um, we could discuss it now. Happy days. Uh, Andrew Hadfield says, "What would be your go-to karaoke song after six to seven pints?" He says, "I'd be got- in bed at three to four, so no, would. I would not be singing, but you'd be quite happy with a karaoke." Um, I'm going to say, you know, I hate karaoke. Like I detest it. Detest it with a passion. Um, I'm going to say, and a tune that got you into recently as well. I think in our preseason trip, you know. Oh, I know what it is. I'm a bit. I'm a big fan of Walking in Memphis. I'm a, I'm a Walking in Memphis kind of guy. I think that's a that's a good one where you could sing it. People know kind of the chorus. You can get away with a few of the lyrics. It's not super high in places. I'm, I'm Walking in Memphis, baby. Put on my blue suede shoes. That's a great tune, that is, by the way. That's a great tune. And if you Um, can play the piano and and sing that as well with a microphone, my God, you're getting laid. Carry on. (laughs) Whoa, okay. Um, (laughs) I'm going to take a very different course of action, albeit I love the choice you've just made. Mm. I'm going to go with Angel by Shaggy. Oh, I'm glad you went with that and not Robbie Williams. No, not Robbie Williams. Angel by Shaggy. What's that? that Remind me. Remind me. Well, I can play a little bit if you want. Oh, go on then. I've got it here now. You ready? Oh! Well, actually, do you want me to just skip forward a bit so it's not the intro? Because the intro's a little oh, bit long. Oh, I thought you are going to have the keyboard then. You're going to play as a little rendition. But oh, no, no, no. No, no. The, no, the actual song. We're not oh, going to yeah, get go on for copyright, Well, give me the we? chorus or whatever, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, play, I'll start playing a little bit of the intro, then I'll skip forward. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what a tune. Never heard of it. Oh, I think I have. around the world. Right, I'm going to skip forward. You ready? Oh, yeah. Great. This is great podcast listening to this. Yeah, I've got it queued up. Girl, you're my angel. You're my darling angel. Mate, that is a tune. Shaggy's still going. I mean, he was big in about 30 years ago, wasn't he? So this song this song uh, came out in 2000. What was Shaggy's so... big song? It was a massive uh, one. It wasn't me. That song. That was that oh, was from right, the same album. Right. Um, I've said that a few times. The missus I mean, <laughs> coming in at two a.m. Crikey. So I mean, if we're being brutally honest, uh, as far mm. as I'm aware, anyway, they're pretty much his only two good songs. Um, no offense, Shaggy, but I, I don't know any <laughs> other songs that he did that were any good. But um, yeah, those two. He's songs... He's made about two hundred fifty episodes of Scooby Doo, mate. I mean, he's rolling in it. Poor joke. Very poor. Okay. Um, yeah, two thousand. So I'd, when that came out, I'd have been. Uh, three and a half slash four, depending on when the album came out. Um, so you know, when 19, I was growing, nineteen, are you? <laughs> so when, when I was growing up in uh, in primary school, you know, very very <laughs> growing up in primary school as opposed to what, just standing still. Well, you Benjamin Button were you? What are you supposed to in primary school? You know, you know what I mean? Okay, lads. The um, <laughs> going to school discos and stuff. Those those songs come. I'm mean, very very inappropriate songs to be putting on at school disco when you're eight. But oh. um, but back in those days, they didn't care. They used to throw that song on and I'd be boogieing. Great oh. tune. 
great tune. Imagine, I'd, I'd, uh, yeah, I'd sing that at karaoke, hundred percent. Imagine. And by the way, I would Adolf. do the Jamaican bit as well, and I'd do it in the Jamaican accent. I don't care. Oh my god, you can't do that now. I'm not going to do it on here. Don't worry, but I, <laughs> but I definitely no, would do go it. Go on, go on. Wait, no chance. How does it mate. go? Not a chance. Well, I'm definitely in your, doing karaoke. In your bag, baggy jeans and your long shirt, trying to bump and grind at nine. No one wants to see that, lad. Okay, that, that's a strange, strange thought you've had there, but I will move well, on. Well, you're just saying shaggy at discos and stuff like that, you know, doing all the kind of moves, etc. It's you're, not great. You're not a weird little fella. Uh, <laughs> James says, very late this week, Nathan. Uh, what, if anything, do you think the club needs to do about the high number of yellow and red cards we're getting? Should they be building a more disciplined culture? So I really don't know the answer to this question, which is a really perfect thing for a podcast, isn't it? Oh, brilliant, um, especially from the Wolves expert. No, exactly. No, but I'm 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 on the fence with this one. I really am because part of me really likes the fact the Wolves are getting stuck in, and Wolves are almost playing to the underdog role that we've that we've had pretty much over the whole history of the club. You know, apart from the heyday of the fifties, whatever it might have been, but mm-hmm. you know. For the most part, Wolves have been an underdog, particularly in the last few decades. And I think the fans respond to that. So with that, I don't mind the fact that they're getting stuck in and they're giving these teams a hard time. At the same time, you need your best players every week. And we, we're in, you know, we're eight games in and we've got two players suspended for a game. So, and obviously Bellegarde got sent off as well and missed three games. So, yeah, I'm. I I can't praise it, but at the same time, I kind of like the getting stuck in. So if Wolves can find a balance between the two, then I think it would be, it'd be the perfect scenario. What do Wolves do about it? They probably don't do a lot. They might have a fine system in for for red cards potentially or suspensions, but otherwise, I, you know, they they probably have a fairly similar um, opinion to me. They probably like it to some extent. Um, Adrian says I noticed lots of empty seats towards the end of the game yesterday and if they're left before the 90 minutes they have missed 15-20% to of the game because of course it went on for another 14 minutes this is something I don't understand but interested in yours and supporters views on this yeah I I don't think I've ever left a game earlier apart from once and I I mentioned it on I think it was the last pod or maybe one recently we did where I I mentioned um uh, I think, yeah, Wolves lost 6-0 at home to Southampton in the Championship. Or it might have been the old Division 1 then, depends what year it was. And I remember being really young and leaving that game before the before the full-time whistle. Other than that, I don't think I've ever left a game early. And I don't really blame the people that do, but for, it's not something I would do. I I, I think I, just, I would like to sort of, as a fan, back when I was a fan, not, not working at games, I would like to sort of give appreciation to the to the players um, regardless of the performance so I don't really get it at the same time I think fans are still trying to get used to the idea of there being a lot of extra time which I really don't like by the way I think it should be not what they do in rugby and stopping the game and stop, stopping the, the clock sorry um, but I think some fans forget and, and, and head off before realising that there's 15 minutes to play so um, yeah I think it's going to take a, it's partly that and partly I think a lot of people just like to miss the rush hour to be honest mm. Uh, Ken Wolf says uh, you'd have taken four points from these two games looking forward to the weekly glob update do you reckon three to five at the back is to stay or still a game by game basis we'll kind of discuss the second part of your question Ken but uh, the first part the glob update yeah let's go straight to the table for your your weekly glob update Uh, Wolves um, 14th place they are played eight and of course points eight as well so 14th is 
pretty much lean where we thought they'd end up this season. 14th, 15th, I think 13th to 15th is probably where we are. It's where Wolves are. I think it's probably where they deserve to be at this moment in time. In terms of the glob, uh, top of the glob at the moment, and for people who don't know what glob is, we've discussed it, I think, two or three, for two or three weeks, but it is basically, you, Wolves aren't going to finish in the top half of the table, let's say, or top 10. Um, what you want to do is I think there's a lot of teams in and around Wolves who are pretty much the same kind of a team, kind of going for the same kind of finishing position, who've got similar strength squads. And they're all, you can either you know, be at the top of the glob or the bottom of the glob, but they're all about the same. They're the glob, seven or eight teams. And what it, of course, is the main thing is to avoid relegation this season. So if you finish towards the top of the glob, then you know you're going to be fine. If you're at the bottom of the glob, you're going to be in a bit of trouble. Now, we've taken away... Luton Town have taken away Sheffield United because I still think personally those two, two teams are down, despite Luton being, um, I guess, on goal difference out the relegation zone as it stands. They lost again to to Spurs on Saturday. They don't like uh, facing 10 men, I'll tell you that. Um, but um, So Luton gone, Sheffield United gone. Glob update. Um, top of the glob, Crystal Palace, 12 points from eight games. You then have Fulham, 11 points from eight games. Forest. Nine points for May. Then you've got the old Wolverhampton Wonders, who are kind of middle of, middle of the glob. Eight for May. And then below them, I said this team would struggle this season. I still believe that. Brentford, seven from May. They'll need Tony back and firing, I tell you, because they could get sucked into relegation battle. They're along with seven from eight from Everton as well. Burnley, four from eight. They're 18. And Bournemouth, who Wolves travelled to in a couple of weeks' time, three from eight. So in terms of globbing, uh, Liam, Wolves are doing okay, aren't they? They are, and they're pr- yeah, as you say, about where we thought they would be. Mm-hmm. But and Gail's asking, you know, have have you and Liam changed your prediction about where we finish this season? I think we're pretty much exactly where we yeah. where we thought they would be at this time. No, I don't think so. I, 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 did I say fourteenth? I think exactly the position. Mm-hmm. I, said, I can't remember, but yeah, yep. somewhere to the thirteenth to the fifteenth range is around about what we both said, and. I still think that's probably about right for the whole season as well for Wolves. I don't think Wolves are going to go on and make a push for Europe this season, um, but I don't think they're going to be in the kind of trouble that I think a lot of people and a lot of pundits and a lot of people mm. from maybe the national media felt Wolves were going to be this season. And that's um, the aim, to not be in a relegation battle slash dogfight come the last 10 games of the season. Yeah, and there's a lot of context that goes into this, and Gary Neal doesn't want to give excuses. Um, it, it, that's you know exactly what he said when we sort of put this context to him. Um, at the same time, he's warranted to use a little bit of it here and there, and he, and he has done, if we're being perfectly honest. Um, but he came in with four days to go before the first game. The squad was, you know, completely ripped with uh, all that quality that, that that they lost. And experience, experience is probably the, the the more key word rather than quality, actually, to be honest. Um, was there a lot of first team starters in there? No, but there was a lot of experience in there, and I think that's going to make an impact. Um, and they had the, the financial concerns that they had to get through. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of reasons why Wolves should be lower than what they are, and they're not. Have they got to this point um, the way I thought they would? No, because I didn't think they would go and beat City and, and, and you know, the way that they've done it. But these last two games have given Gary O'Neill some, a lot of credit and, and deserved mm-hmm. credit, but also a little bit of breathing room to say, right, we're on the right track here. We're going in the right direction. There's going to be tough spells again. It's going to happen, undoubtedly. But if you can keep some sort of consistency and eight points from eight games is the kind of consistency that keeps you in the league probably pretty comfortably this season. And um, and I think he'll be quietly happy with how it's gone. 
Can we um, can we get through some quick fire questions? Get through six or seven quickly in thirty seconds it. or less. Let's do it. Okay, Rich, do you think it will be long before Doyle is given the start? From what we've seen, he likes to put his foot on the ball and makes things happen. Lacked a bit today, I felt. Our midfield is excellent in breaking up play. Just lacks a natural ball player. Um, I, I get the sentiment of the question. I do think it will be a little while. Um, it wouldn't completely shock me if out of nowhere he starts at Bournemouth. But I think based on the last few games and the context of of Bubakachori sort of earning that spot, I think he probably takes it. Ben Curtis, do you think Lamina gets more bookings than others because of his reputation? I see a lot of players making similar challenges too, um, and they go unpunished. Love the pod, keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Um, I actually spoke to Gary Neal about this in the suspension, and there'll be a bit more on that pretty soon. Um, I think it's partly players like Lamina and others having to almost be coached out of some of the things they got away with 10 years ago when they were playing and that they can't get away with now. And a, a big one is kicking the ball away. How many times do players and, and Wolf players and Lamina and Semedo and other, and other players do it and they get booked these days? And it's it's a silly thing to do to get booked when you know the referee's going to do it. So there's certain things that they need to get into habit, probably. Um, I think there probably is a little bit of unconscious bias with, with officials. I think it's natural, human nature, that sometimes that will happen reputation-wise. Um, so that might play a slight part with Lamina, but I think it's probably a mixture of the two. Angus Gill says, I know he's playing superbly, but seems to be incapable of lasting 90 minutes. Is this a physical issue or a mental issue or a bit of both? It, I mean, it could be a bit of both, to be honest, because, um, you know, he's he's the kind of player, and I, I don't want to sound too critical of him because I th- I've been impressed with him recently, as, as the question alludes to as well, but is he the kind of player that you want in a dogfight with you? Probably not. I don't think he's that kind of character. And I think sometimes when the going gets tough, he might take the easy way out. Um, I do think there's also partly physical. I don't think he's completely throwing the towel in at times, but um, I think Gary O'Neill is equally as frustrated with it because he needs to, you know, it's, he needs to get these kind of players when they're playing well to last ninety minutes if he needs them to. And at the moment, there's a couple that are almost nailed on to to not be reliable enough to to play. Side note: If Eight Nori was a genuine head problem, which of course that was the in- injury he went down with in the first half, then of course I can understand why he didn't carry on. But it's a more general point with him. Uh, there's a lot of questions about Fabio and about Sasha, but I think we've answered that in the in depth 10, 15 minutes that we went to uh, earlier in the podcast. So hopefully we have done. Um, if you haven't, then you know direct uh, your message to us uh, through Twitter or X or whatever it's called uh, throughout the week, and I'm sure we'll we'll reply to you individually. Ronnie Gibbons, if Arsenal came in for Pedro Neto in January, how much do you think Wolves would demand for his signature? So Arsenal come in, name your price. Within reason, what would Wolves? What would be the minimum Wolves would sell him for in January? Let's say Wolves are Liam thirteenth in the table. They are eleven points um, off eighteenth in the table. So not insurmountable, but but a little bit more comfortable than perhaps they they thought after the first two or three games. Uh, Arsenal come in. Mikel Arteta um, says we don't want to wait until the summer. We want Pedro Neto now. How much does it take for us to to get Pedro Neto in January? Well, Wolves are in a strong position because he's he's got a, a contract till twenty twenty seven, I believe. So he's he's you know, it's a long deal. He's not going anywhere soon if uh, if Wolves don't want him to. Obviously, the, you'd imagine the player would probably be quite keen on Arsenal. Um, so if and when they do, I have come no in, doubt that he'd be keen. To be honest, like I would love Pedro Neto. I think he's great, but ambition wise, you see a lot of yeah, of course, players leave the club. I, I'm not going to begrudge him that, and and I think I think that he will. 
I'm not going to say I don't think he'll do anything like what Nunes would have done and go on strike. He's just not that type of player. But I think he'll make his feelings known if he wants to move to someone like Arsenal. And I get it. I, I completely get it. Ideally for Wolves, it's at the end of the season or in in a couple of seasons' time. But if it is January, where are we seeing it? Yeah, I think Wolves, if he's still keeping up similar form, I think that number changes, you know, Quite regularly, mm. depending on how uh, on how well he's doing. Yeah, I think they'd be looking to get a record fee for him, and they and their and their record fee at the moment is Nunes fifty three. So I think. Oh, would... I think way in above that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, think you're looking. At, I think you're looking at seventy five, Liam. Well, 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 when you paused, then I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to dis- disagree with me. That's why. I no, to panic. I think. I think. Because I think it's an, it's intrinsic value to Wolves is obviously greater. Well, no, as, no, I think actually market value. To be honest, with the way that he is with his youth, I mean, you know, look at he's young, he's Portuguese international. He's obviously got over his his or ho- hopefully got over his his injury issues. And look, it's a big question mark whether he stays fit until January, but I think he will do. He looks as good as he has done, I think, in his prime. To be honest, and probably no disrespect. Working with less talented individuals in an eleven than what he was do previously, albeit three or four years ago, um, and shining in this team. Wait a second, shining. you said thirty million a few weeks ago on the potty. No, 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 no. This was way before. This is Pedro. He's adding five to ten million pound, honestly, every single week for me because it's because. He's at the top of his powers at this moment in time. He's absolutely playing brilliantly. And when I said um, they'd want a record free from him, I didn't mean they would want, you know, two grand 55. above. Uh, but yeah, exactly. Just just above the 53. I was going to go on to say probably minimum in the 60s, uh, the, the way he's playing at the moment. Mm. But um, but it's what, what Wolves were selling for as well. Remember? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think, look, this um, it is something that's going to change and move. And I've got no doubt at all that Arsenal and other clubs are heavily interested because we know Arsenal have made approaches in the past. Um, they're not all of a sudden going to give up on that approach um, when he's playing better now than he was previously. So, you know, if anything, they're going to be more interested. Um, what would be interesting is, is Arsenal and their ability to spend because they spent a lot in the summer. Um, if, I, if I'm to believe the reports around, obviously I, I don't follow Arsenal closely, but if I'm to believe... Reports around them bringing uh, Ryer in from from Brentford. They got him in on a loan with a, an optional obligation. I'm not sure which one it was mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to buy, and that was because of getting around FFP concerns. So if that is the case, then they may not be in a position to spend big on him in January. Um, and the last thing Wolves would want to do, I'm sure, is let him go on loan <laughs> in January. No, um, no, no, no. If it's a loan with an obligation, I could probably just about stomach that. If it's a big, if it's a big number, mm-hmm. if it's a loan with an option, that would be a monumental no. mistake. And, and of course, things obviously there's a lot of things going to happen between now and then. If he goes off the boil or whatever, I don't know, but mm. that would be right now sitting here on you know 9th of October talking about it. It would be a huge mistake if the club did that, and I don't think they ever would. Andrew Hill, questions for Mister Judah. Uh, snog, marry, avoid. Liam Keane, Matt Mayer, Tim Spears. Now that's a lineup. That is, isn't it? That is a lineup. Crikey. That's oh, a police lineup. God. That is a crime watch lineup, that is. Liam Keane, Matt Mayer, Tim Spears, Snog, Marry, Avoid. Right, okay, let's have a look. Right. Uh, for people who don't know, Matt Mayer is the Aston Villa reporter who was with us yesterday. I'm avoiding Matt Mayer. I mean, that's that's easy. Um, sorry, Matt. Sorry, Matt. Bear you, in mind, you've, the, you've, the, you've you know, gone, the, pal. The new Crikey, owner, you've had to the live new with him. I couldn't get a word in edgeways, let alone that. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Mayer gone. Snog, snog and Marry, right, okay. 
Well, Spears is a bit of a. I mean, he he loves a date. He loves a bit of a Tinder. He loves a little bit of a loves a little bit of female attention. Does does our does our Tim? So I'm going to say I'm going to say he's quite seasoned in the old snogging. So I'm going to I'm going to snog Tim, and I'm going to marry you, Liam Keane. I'm going to I marry think you. Made the the I think that's the perfect choice between the three because I am you're, also domesticated. I'm very domesticated. You. you know, we we've spent a couple of pre seasons together. We've spent a lot of time in each other's company. We've had some meals together. We've had some car journeys. We've been abroad. We've flown. We've had some good times. Had some bad times. Um, we, you are very, very good in a living quarters. I, I've got to give it to you. You're very clean. You, um, you like things a certain way. We've got a good dynamic working. I think, I think to be fair, I've, I mean, I'll talk about. I think I am gonna. I might have to. Might have to go down in one knee to be honest at some point. Uh, but yeah, you are getting <laughs> I'm married. Glad, I'm glad you I'm said. Sa- one making, knee. I'm making you sign a prenup though, lad. Well, um, I don't think that's necessary. I think, I think, I, you know what? This is true love, man. I don't think you need to Mar- married um, at first sight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just um, give me your, your credit card and your and your pin, oh, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. Uh, oh dear. Um, right, let's let's have one more. Uh, ba 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 ba. Which one should we go for? Questions about Kunya. Um, okay, we'll go with um, James Woolley. He says, has the recent Matt Hobbs interviews and the hierarchical... Hi- hierarchical? Is that it? Is that how you say it? Hier- so. Hierarchical? Maybe. Belief in Gary O'Neill and his team had a positive impact on the team. From outside looking in, it would seem it has created unity. This is Matt Hobbs' interview uh, last couple of weeks. And also, look, you, you talk about the players. Of course, it's better when when things when, when you've got four points in the last two games against two really good sides. Uh, things obviously look a lot better. Um, but the players, I think, all of them really are coming out and, and backing Gary. And I don't think they've been told to do that or told to do that in interviews. That's just naturally what they have done and probably asked the question as well about how things are. So it is, I guess, perhaps a little bit easy to say that when you are have beaten Manchester City or you've come from a 1-1 draw rather than a 2-0 defeat. But at the same time, the players are very much, I guess, unified in, in backing their manager. Yeah, so I think... Um... I don't think the interview itself would have had an impact because it will be things that the players would have been aware of and had conversations with Matt Hobbs about anyway. So I don't think it would have been anything particularly new for them there. What I think has had an impact would have been the behind the scenes, the fact that Matt Hobbs and the club are very much behind Gary O'Neill. And, and from, from what I can tell, being you know around the training grounds on, on certain days during the week and, uh, and being around the club and speaking to, to people and players, is that I think the players have quite taken to him from what I can tell um, to, to Gary Neal that is I think <laughs> they, <laughs> what are we laughing at um, they uh, I, th- I think they seem to be enjoying the methods and enjoying training and um, obviously results are going to help with that but um, they're, they're saying all the right things and doing all the right things at the moment so I think that's going to have a, a bigger impact than anything else to be honest Excellent news. Right, uh, I'm going to go on to Bournemouth. Uh, before, just a very quick uh, quick nod to uh, the top five in the Wolves Podcast League, or let's say the top four. Uh, Barry's boys, Barry Mitchell, leading 543 points. Already one mate, Drew Glenn, is second. Lam Cunha is third. Alex Plant and uh, Borough Till I Die, Nathan Judah, fourth. Never heard of that, lad. But uh, fourth in the old Podcast League. I'm scrolling down, Kino, to try... And- oh, here he is, Liam Keane, 23rd. Not bad out of 500, you're doing okay. Yeah, I, I had a bad week this week, a, re- a really bad week. Um, but I, I was, I think before this this weekend, I was... Kino United, I mean, that's... that's uh, do you have... Kino United, do you have a board uh, press conference in a boardroom to uh, 
to say that name, Christ, Kino United. It's not great. I, mean, I don't. It? I don't. Gabriel I'm not interested in putting, a, in putting a good name down. Well, who cares? No, no. Nah. There's some good nah, names nah, here. Nah, 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 nah. No. Let's have a look. Nah, nah, nah. I'm gonna scroll through some decent names very quickly. Let's have a look. Any Wolves ones? Um, Fosun Prison Blues. Um, Baron Dawson. That's kind of an. That's kind of an old one. Finding Neto. No. Nah, none of these. Uh, none of these. Me. Um. Not fancy. Hi ho, silver lining. Uh, I mean, it's not even a pun. Fabio silver lining. Ah, well, there you that now it's a pun. Nothing but Neto. I'm not thinking these, mate. Uh, I'm trying to see. Gasball. Uh, back of the Neto. That's better. I like that. Okay, back of the Neto. There you go. Chloe Taylor. Well done. Uh, right. Uh, Bournemouth. Look. Say no more, Gary O'Neill returning, and I don't care what you say. And Gary O'Neill, I guarantee you, Liam, week on Friday when Gary O'Neill has his pretty much press conference head of Bournemouth, he will be very complimentary about Bournemouth. He will say he had a great time. He'll thank them so much for giving him the chance and no hard feelings, and he understands how the business works, and I could write you literally the pre-match preview as it stands. I guarantee you he will be absolutely desperate to stick two fingers up to some of that hierarchy and go and get three points on Saturday. Spot on. Because he'll say all the right things. 100%. He will be charming, and I don't blame him, and I would do exactly the same thing. But behind closed doors, he will want to deliver the biggest FU to that hierarchy that you will have ever seen. He won't say it, but I'm telling you, gospel, that is exactly what he'll be thinking. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say, that me, me and you will think and have done the exact same thing in his position, will say all the right things, which he's mm-hmm. going to do, and I don't blame him because he's got to you know, come across in the right way in the public eye. Of course. But and he'll get it, asked it, the question, of course he will do. And he'll, and, and he'll say all the right things, and in his mind he will be desperate to beat them, and I do not blame him. And if he and if, if Wolves do win and he goes out the back, goes into the dressing room, that will feel sweeter than probably anything else this season will, because he was unceremoniously sacked sweeter there. than Man City, I would say. I, I think so. Genuinely, I think so. Yeah, it, it won't be as big in terms of his career, but it will be certainly sweeter. It's um, he was unceremoniously sacked there. People were talking about him being manager of the season for what the job he did at Bournemouth last year, and. Out of nowhere, they decided to go with a manager that, according to the owners, they'd been courting for a long time and they were interested in him and he finally became available and they decided to make a jump and make a change in, in style. Um, no offence, Bournemouth, because this might get played back to me if Wolves lose in a couple of weeks' time, but that style is not exactly working for you at the moment, is it? So Three it's, points um, from eight games, 19th in the league. Exactly. So, Gary Neal will be... Will be Desperate to win that game, and I don't blame him. And he will, he will enjoy every moment of it. And I, and I don't think he's the kind of guy to be really over the top in the stadium, on the touchline, and giving it to the fans, all this kind of stuff. I don't think that's that's his no, style. No, no. But privately, behind the scenes, he'll go and see some of the Wolves hierarchy after the game. Mm-hmm. If Wolves have won, he'll go and see his players. He'll speak to his family, his wife, his kids. He will be absolutely buzzing if they win that game. So, 100%. Um, and and I would like to think that the players respond because. The players aren't stupid. The players are going to know that he's going to be desperate to win it as well. And from, to my previous point, I think that the players, for the most part, seem to be playing for him you know, quite heavily at the moment. And if they're going to up their their standards or their efforts or whatever it is, intensity, to, to get him this win, then quality-wise and form-wise, Wolves should have too much for Bournemouth. 
Uh, I agree. Uh, Bournemouth yet to get a, a win this season. Three draws out of eight and they've lost five games. Saying that, Liam, Wolves have got uh, an excellent record of, of playing very, very well um, again, when they're underdogs and going to places like this, as we saw against Luton and, and other games that we've seen many, over the many years and make it very, very difficult for themselves and struggle. I mean, look, we remember going to Bournemouth, was it last season? Yeah. Um, when they yeah, were absolutely nil, nil. terrible. They were awful. They just got beat by, was it, seven, eight, nine? Not, and and they get a nil-nil draw. So it's not going to be as easy as they think. It's not going to be... I mean, Bournemouth are actually favourites to win this game, which just shows how, how the bookies have got Wolves from um, you know a, an away point of view and how much faith they've got of them travelling away from home. Bournemouth are favourites to win this game without them registering a win all season. So they do make it difficult for themselves at times. They've got no Mario Lamina and, and Nelson Semedo, as we discussed at the top of the show. Uh, I think, no disrespect to Nelson Semedo, but I think Doc will will fit in fine, and it'll be interesting what formation he goes with. Let's say he goes with that back five, the same kind of formation. I think, from my point of view, it will be the same the same formation, and Bellegarde will have to wait for a place to come straight back in. I can't see him coming back in. I think that he'll probably have to wait on the bench. He'll be the first sub used, um, and Boubacar Traoré coming into 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 that midfield spot. But I do think. Like I say, even though Semedo is out of the game, that Lamina will be the one who Wolves will really miss. Well, it's going to be really good for the potty because I've got nothing to add to that. Oh, OK. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think Bellegarde will have to wait um, and probably rightly so, to be honest. Yeah. I think Booba and Doc in, two changes. The bench will obviously have a couple of changes with replacing those players. But other than that, I think it's probably right itself at the moment of course there's a lot of things that could go wrong <laughs> hopefully not but could go wrong for Wolves with the international break coming up and sure um, everything between now and, and, and that game on the 21st but um, other than that I think it's uh, it, it's a pretty easy decision for Gary O'Neill and, um, and what team he puts out and um, I'm quite looking forward to my prediction this week oh well I mean you've, you've, you've teased it beautifully um, you're welcome I'm going to say and I'll be watching from the sports book um, at 7am in probably the Bellagio or Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas. By the way, if anyone lives in Las Vegas um, or is close by or happens to be there, then then let us know. Give us a tweet because obviously I will be in frequenting some bars and stuff. And if you want to go and watch Wolves or you know where maybe there's a few Wolves fans who watch it you know, somewhere, then let me know because I'll be looking forward to watch that uh, the old Bournemouth game uh, in a couple of weeks' time. But um, I'm going to say... It's going to be Bournemouth 1, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2. Okay. Away win. But they nick it 2-1 to those Wolves. Keno. Um, my prediction for the uh, for the giveaway? And we're giving away, as you, uh, if you don't already know, the double air fryer RRP 85 bloody pounds. So, I believe... Oh, I believe... Do you believe that every drop... Of rain that grows. I've got no idea what you're talking about. Okay. A flower grows. No, we're going back on the karaoke. Not a, not a clue what that song is. Oh, okay. Moving on, Grandad. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I believe <laughs> that this is going to be Wolves' best performance of the season. Oh, ho, ho. he's bold. I like it. I'm going I like for it. it. 
Is that I just because I'm not there? Is that secretly exactly. desperate to to you know you've you've missed a few, you missed Everton, you've missed Southampton away last season. You want a big performance now, so you can just text me going, "Mate, I can't believe you weren't there for that one." I want my Southampton moment, and I want you to suffer. <laughs> you want your Joe Gomez moment. I want my Joe Gomez moment. Okay. Um, I. Yeah, I believe it's going to be Wolves' best performance of the season. I believe they are going to finally um, undo the curse, if you will, of going away to the teams that are struggling and performing badly and scraping a result or losing or whatever it might be. Oh, I love this already. I loved it. This is big. Bournemouth, nil. Woo-hoo-hoo. Wolves, three. Three! A three-nil drubbing. A three-nil wow. drubbing. Wow. On wow. my travels. Could be that. Could be the. Born, I don't even know the Bournemouth manager's name. Could be. His, could be his last game. O'Neill seals his fate. I mean, the storylines. The storylines story are there, aren't they? I mean, it's, it's yeah. perfect. There you go. Wow. Three nil. Three nil. Crikey, the sacking. Well, Michael Beale's available. <laughs> Buzzing. Oh, that's fantastic, man. I love it. Three nil. So, um, <laughs> Wolves win three nil. Uh, he Lee will pick the prize. I will be sending the lucky winner a double air fryer. So get yourself involved, um, Liam. This is um, this is where where we we part ways, my friend. It's sad. Um, I'm going to miss you. I hope you get better soon. Thank hope you. you I am better. struggling. <laughs> we shall be in touch as we are most days on WhatsApp with a variety of things that um, are not publishable um, or talkable. But um, we'll 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 discuss plenty of different things. If I win some money, I'll send you it across. If I win a couple of million, I'll get you your flight. I'll get you your, your accommodation. I'll get you everything. You won't even have to do anything. You won't even have to lift literally lift a finger. Okay, that's a deal. If there's a cool mill on the table, deal. A couple of mill, baby. Now this is exciting. Can you get make sure you get yourself into the uh, casinos ASAP, mate? I'm I'm desperate for you to win now. <laughs> the high rollers, high roller table. Um, a little bit of a tease. Um, like I say, we won't have a podcast next week. This is this is kind of like your overall two week international podcast. So listen to it at your leisure. Um, but we shall have some very interesting news next week, early next week, I think. So uh, watch this space because uh, uh, you're excitedly. I'm very excited as well. Uh, I'm not going to divulge what it is, but you will be hearing sooner rather than later about some significant um, changes, shall we say. So look forward to that. Liam, been a pleasure, my friend. Please, always. Please get some, um, get some tablets down you. Wash them down. I don't want you nasally. I don't want you dripping. I want you to be fresh-faced and lovely so I can FaceTime you from Vegas. I can't promise anything because I am um, struggling. But I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I'm a fighter. No, I don't give up. I am, uh, as it stands, unless I, you know, don't wake up tomorrow morning. I am going to, <laughs> I am going to uh, Lincoln for the under twenty ones game tomorrow. So that's going to be fun. Wow, sniffling, sniffling, sat up in the stands at Lincoln. But um, you know, life goes on. I, you know, I, I will do my duty. Uh, just, just FaceTime, mate. I'll probably be sat in the uh, in the pool, hating life, looking out onto the strip. So, um, oh, you know, both yeah. similar, you know, Lincoln and um, Lincoln and Vegas, very, very close to my heart. Both of those places. Uh, from Liam, from me, have a great weekend. Have a great week. Enjoy international break. We'll see you all very soon. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye bye. Better retreat,